Welcome, everybody, to the Curious Hope Podcast. My name is Pastor J.D. Uh, we are going to be starting a new series this week called Finding Hope. Uh, I've realized sort of as lo- listening, you know, over to the last few episodes, I've realized that they've been a lot of curious <laughs> and not much hope. So we're going to be looking at some stories in the Bible, uh, and we're sort of just going to read through them together and say, where, you know, where's the hope in this? Uh, trying to find hope. So... The, the, the story we're going to talk about today, it's found in Luke chapter 7. We're going to be looking at Jesus. It's a really interesting story, I think. Jesus healing a widow's son, healing the widow's son. Uh, and, and I want to start off today by asking the question, sort of keep this in your minds uh, as you listen to this podcast today. Have any of you ever just felt unclean? And, and what I mean by that is sort of like spiritually unclean, like you're not fit or you're not worthy enough for God. I know I felt that way. I still do feel that way sometimes when I mess up, and Lord knows I mess up a lot. But I, I remember the, the time that I felt most unclean was probably when I was really, you know, hammering out my faith for what it truly was on my own, you know, trying to discover what I believed in, uh, where I put my trust, if what I believe in is really even that important. Uh, and I felt like I asked a lot of questions. I mean, that's obvious. This podcast, a lot of it's the curious, you know, hope podcast, a lot of it's asking a lot of questions. And I felt, you know, when I was hammering out my faith uh, and it was being hammered out (laughs) by God, that's probably a better way of putting it. uh, I felt that asking those questions was a bad thing. I felt that somehow it made me, you know, a bad Christian. It made me unworthy. It made me dirty. And so I honestly, I felt like internally dirty. Like I felt like I didn't deserve God. I felt like I didn't deserve, you know, to be in his presence that I could never be good enough for him, you know, and that I would be better off just, you know, not even trying because uh, I just felt like I was never going to be good enough. And so this this feeling of unclean, uh, maybe some of you have felt that way before, maybe not, uh, but I still think that there's a lot of hope to be found in this passage. So let's open it up and read it together once, uh, and we'll read it together slowly, and then we'll sort of dive into it a little bit deeper and see where the, where the hope is. So this is Luke chapter 7, uh, verses 11 through 17. Soon afterward, he, and it's talking about Jesus, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a consider, uh, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. Also, just, just heads up, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's spelled B-I-E-R. But I looked it up because I didn't know the word before, you know, reading this passage. It's the, it's the thing that like a casket is carried on. So you imagine like four guys, you know, holding the poles between them with a slab in between the poles and the caskets put on top of that. So that's what a beer is. So Jesus came up and touched the beer and the bearers stood still. And Jesus said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. So if we sort of dive into this, first off the bat, uh, it says he went to a town called Nain. So Jesus, he grew up in Nazareth. Uh, in Nain, it was about six miles away. So it's probably, you know, you can imagine Nazareth being Walla Walla and Nain is like Milton Freewater. So it's close enough to uh, where, 
you know, it's walking distance. So you could walk there, but it would take a few hours. So Jesus is familiar with the turf that he's on right now when this is going on. You know, it's sort of like, you know, it's not home for him, but it's going to a familiar place. And next verse, we read that, you know, he approaches the gate of the town and a man who died was being carried out, the son of his only mother. And this is something really important that I want to point out. Um, Being a widow and being a single mom right now, it's hard. You know, it's incredibly hard. And I can't say that from experience because I don't know. Uh, But from the single mothers that I know, they are, you know, some of the strongest women I've ever met. And back then, it was even harder because, you know, you can get a job as a woman today. Uh, Back then, you couldn't. You know, if you, if you were a widow, there was no way for you to make money to provide for your family. Um, now, if you had a son like this woman did, you know, he could get a job and work and put food on the table. But if you were a widow, you were literally all alone. And that's why we see, you know, later in scriptures, you know, Jesus talks about widows and how important it is to take care of them. Paul does. We read it in James. Uh, you know, it, it's important, but it's so important because back then, culturally, widows, it was like the bottom rung of society, you know, abandoned and helpless. And so not only was this son, you know, dead, but it, what it represented to this woman is that, you know, she, she was grieving not just for her son, but pretty much the loss of her entire future. You know, she was about to be homeless really, really soon. And so we read next that when Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. Now, I think it's important to point out that Jesus, he's not against crying, you know, we read that when Jesus, when Lazarus died, so Lazarus was Jesus's friend. Um, and we read uh, in scripture too that when Lazarus died, Jesus wept. You know, Jesus, he's an emotional guy. You know, he gets angry and he overturns the tables in the temple. You know, he cries, you know, when Lazarus dies. And I think it's important for us to, you know, conceive and imagine Jesus as emotional because we're emotional people. You know, I'm an emotional person. You're an emotional person. And if our Savior, you know, the guy that's supposed to connect us to God, who is God, he is God, you know, our only hope, he has to understand us. And so Jesus is emotional. The reason he's telling this woman not to weep isn't because emotions are bad or her crying is bad, but it's because he's about to give her some hope. You know, he's about to do something crazy. Uh, And I think that that's I think that that's pretty cool, but I think it's it's worth noting that, yeah, Jesus isn't against crying. He's just about to rock this woman's world in a good way. So it says next that Jesus came up and he touched the beer and the bearers stood still. Now, this is the biggest part of the story that I think we won't get because, you know, we're 21st century um, people listening to it and our culture is so different than it was back then. Back then, If you were a Jew, you had a very clear and concise picture and difference between what it meant to be clean and what it meant to be unclean. And when I say clean and unclean, I don't mean like sanitary wise. You know, I'm not saying like, did you wash your hands or not? That's what we think of when we think of clean and unclean. But back then, uh, the Jews had this conception of clean and unclean that linked to everything, particularly spirituality. So we can read the law... uh, you know, if you're reading the full Bible, it's really hard to get through numbers in Leviticus, but that's actually where you'll find a lot of these laws, uh, these laws about cleanliness. And what these laws say is that if you do certain things, you are ceremonially 
unclean. And so if you do something like, for example, one uh, thing that would make you ceremonially unclean is if you touched a dead animal. So if you touched a dead animal, uh, then what the, their scriptures say, what it says in Numbers actually, is that you would have to wash yourself and then you would have to remove yourself from seven days uh, from other people. I think it's other people. Let me look. Yeah, remove yourself from other people for seven days before going back into their presence and especially before you worship God. So if you were ceremonially unclean, you couldn't worship God in the tabernacle back then. And then during Jesus's time, you couldn't worship God in the synagogue, which is sort of like our church today. And so things like touching a dead animal would make you unclean. Things like a woman being on her period actually made her unclean. There were tons and tons of rules on what would make you unclean, including touching a dead person. And so Jesus, in walking up here, uh, in touching this funeral beer, uh, I think like I said beer, I, I'm going to feel so silly. I'm going to look up what, how to pronounce the word after this podcast. But I'm going to feel so silly if I'm pronouncing it wrong. But Jesus, going up and touching this beer, it's so significant because he's pretty much saying, I don't give a rip about all these rules and regulations. You know, Jesus will, is willing to comp compromise his own spiritual and physical, like his whole holistic cleanliness. He's willing to compromise that in order to raise this widow's son to life. And I think that that's so, so, so important because what it's saying is that Jesus you know, our Savior, the God that we serve, he cares more about you. He cares more about healing you. He cares more about loving you than he cares about how clean you are or how good you might be. And there's a lot, a lot of hope in that. You know, I wish I had understood this way earlier in my life because I wouldn't have put myself through so much guilt, you know, and through so much uh, doubt on, you know, if God loves me or if there's grace. This is tremendous grace, folks. You know that Jesus, that no matter how bad or dirty you might be, no matter what you do, no matter how dead you may be, no matter how dead your soul is, Jesus will enter any situation uh, and he'll meet you there. I think that that's tremendously hopeful. But we read next, uh, so he touched, he touched the, the beers and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. So... <laughs> If you put yourself in the shoes, you know, of someone there who's watching this and this guy just sits up, you know, I'm trying to picture it right now. Uh, if Jesus just goes up and says, you know, rise, and this guy that everyone knows is dead and he just sits up, I mean, that's something <laughs> sort of out of a zombie movie. You know, that's absolutely crazy. It's not like we, we have a tendency of, you know, making Jesus's miracles or what Jesus did into this, you know, poofy, poofy, you know, fluffy, fluffy stuff. It's scary. You know, that's some weird stuff for this guy to be completely dead, to be risen back to life. And that's why we read next, it says, fear seized them all. You know, that's, it's, when something inexplicable like that happens, you know, fear, it grasps you, it seizes you. Uh, and the, the passage concludes, and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. And then this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. So some things I want to point out after we've, you know, sort of looked at this more closely. This woman, the passage says nothing about the woman deserving anything. It doesn't say that she was a woman of great faith. Maybe she was. You know, maybe she was the holiest woman in that town. Maybe she had tremendous faith. Or maybe she wasn't. You know, maybe she was a terrible person. 
but it all goes back to the fact that Jesus had, the verse says he had compassion on her and then he healed her son. You know, Jesus looked at someone who was on the margins, someone who had no one else to look out for her, you know, and this widow, and he cared for her, he loved her, and it had nothing to do with her. It had nothing to do with who she was, what she did. Uh, he just looked at her and cared for her. And that's a scandalous gospel. That's a scandalous gospel that the God of the universe looks at us and comes to us uh, regardless of what we do, regardless of who we are, uh, and he heals. And it's important to note too that yes, Jesus was healing this young man to life, right? Like this guy was dead and now he's alive. But the healing was just as important uh, for the widow. You know, Jesus cares about relationships. He cares about this widow and the bond that she has with her son. It says that he had compassion on the widow. It doesn't say that he had compassion on the son. So it's almost like him raising the son to life. He did it almost for the widow. And I think that that's important because if you're listening to this podcast today, uh, it's going. if it's happened to you, if it hasn't yet, it's going to happen to you that all of us will lose a loved one at some point or another. That's just a fact of life. You know, as life progresses, death is inevitable unless Jesus <laughs> comes back soon, and I hope he does. But unless he does, we are all going to die at some point, and we are all going to experience the death of those that we care about at some point. But I think it's so, so important that Jesus doesn't only care about our life, you know, life in an individualistic sense. Jesus cares about shared life. You know, he cares about relationships. He cares about, you know, you and your friends hanging out and watching an awesome movie together. He cares about, you know, that father-daughter bond, you know, that you have, you know, as you spend time together um, playing volleyball, whatever it is. Jesus cares about relationships. He cares about family. He cares about friends. And I think that it's also hopeful too that if you are estranged from your family, you know, or if you have broken friendships, that if Jesus cares so, so much about relationships, not just people, but he cares about relationships, then I am, I am hopeful that in heaven, not only will he raise us to life, but he's going to heal and repair the relationships that have been broken on this earth. Because we can, you know, we can, and we talked about this, um, I talked about this this Sunday about forgiveness. You know, we can do our darndest to forgive really, really well. You know, I know I try to forgive, uh, but it's hard. <laughs> forgiveness is a process. It's not a one-time thing. Uh, and, you know, there can be pain. There can be scars between relationships. A lot of relationships where something bad happens, they're not fully reunited. You know, the scars aren't fully healed. But we can, I think we can be hopeful in heaven that if relationships are this important to Jesus, you know, that it prompts him to do one of his craziest, most awesome miracles yet, you know, that not only is he going to, you know, revive us to life, that he's going to resurrect us to life, uh, give us new bodies, but he's also going to give us uh, our relationships back. He's going to, you know, reunite us with those that we've lost, with those that we've been separated from, uh, whether it's physically separated from or emotionally separated from. And I think that that is something that brings, at least me, it brings me an incredible uh, amount of hope. You know, it's, it, it's awesome. It makes me super excited for that day. You know, well, not only we're resurrected to life, but we're resurrected to, you know, being great relationships with everyone, getting to know everyone. And so just as, a, as we wrap up today, just remember that Jesus cares about you. You know, he loves you even if you're on the margins and even if you've done nothing to deserve it. 
even if you're like super, super unclean and you feel unclean, you don't feel worthy, you don't feel like you're good enough, you know, that you could never be good enough. Well, that's okay because it's not up to you. <laughs> that's the gospel. It's not up to you. Jesus comes, you know, into our broken, into our dead situations, into our dead lives, uh, and he brings life. He brings healing. And so that's a, that's a reason to be hopeful. That's a reason to have hope today. I want to thank you for listening to the Curious Hope podcast with me. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing the same thing, looking at hope uh, in these different Bible passages. And yeah, if you have any questions uh, or any Bible stories that you're like, there's no hope in here, where's the hope? Uh, and you'd like for us to talk about it, go ahead and send me a message uh, on Instagram. You can send me a DM. You can send me a message on Facebook. Or you can send us an email at thecurioushopepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, I hope all of you are having a great week.